Hello, this is Veronica from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the third of June. Police said today that jailed gangster Lawrence Bishnoi told them that members of his gang had rivalry against Punjabi singer Sidhu Musewala. Bishnoi is being interrogated in connection with Musewala's killing. On Sunday, Musewala was shot by unknown assailants in Punjab's Mansa district. He received multiple bullet wounds and was declared brought dead at the hospital. After the murder, Canada-based gangster Goldie Brar, who is associated with Bishnoi's gang, had reportedly claimed responsibility for the killing and also named Bishnoi. Bishnoi is currently lodged in Tihar jail after being convicted in several cases including murder and extortion. On 31st of May, he moved the Delhi High Court, saying he feared the Punjab police would conduct a fake encounter and kill him. According to the Times of India, officials have said that Bishnoi has not cooperated with them and refused to name the gang members who were involved in Musewala's killing. He has also distanced himself from Brar's claims. Meanwhile, Punjab Chief Minister Bhagwant Maan visited Musewala's family today. According to NDTV, Maan faced sloganeering by protesters today who were trying to stop him from entering Musewala's village. Since the singer's death, Maan has faced backlash as his government had downgraded Musewala's security just a day before he was killed. The Aam Aadmi Party government in the state had revoked security cover of more than 400 political leaders and significant figures in the state in a move which was purportedly meant to crack down on VIP culture. The chief minister was criticised by Musewala's family following his death. At the meeting with Musewala's parents, Maan told them that the culprits of the killing would be caught soon and that the guilty person would not be forgiven at any cost. Listeners, the Aam Aadmi Party has had its share of controversies in the last two months. As the New Delhi Municipal Corporation conducted several demolition drives across the national capital, one of the drives in Shaheen Bagh made headlines earlier this month as the Delhi police arrested AAP MLA Amanatullah Khan for protesting the demolition drive. The arrest sparked a debate on AAP's supposed silence over it. Check out my colleague Nidhi Suresh's profile on Khan on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Amanatullah Khan, Can AAP's Muslim Face Survive Its Soft Hindu Tilt? The reason we are able to bring you such reports and interviews without any pressure from political parties or corporations is because we don't depend on them for ads. We rely only on you to support us. So, if you're not a part of our independent news model already, head over to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscription button on the top right corner of the screen. Subscription plans start as low as 300 rupees only. Pay to keep news free. Uttarakhand Chief Minister Pushkar Singh Dhami won the bipole election for Champawat by a margin of over 55,000 votes today. He won over Congress's former district president Nirmala Gehtori. Dhami was sworn in as Chief Minister of the state after the BJP won the state assembly elections earlier this year. However, he had lost his seat in Khatima during the elections. It was crucial for him to win the seat in Champawat to continue as Chief Minister. In this election, Dhami's campaign featured high-profile campaigners such as Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath and other prominent BJP officials in the run-up to the bipole. Voting for the Champawat bipole took place on Tuesday. According to the Election Commission, Dhami scored a landslide victory with 58,258 votes. 
Nirmala Gaitodi of the Congress came in second with 3,233 votes. Dhami took to Twitter and thanked everyone for the love and blessings showered upon him after the win. Prime Minister Narendra Modi also put out a post on Twitter in which he congratulated Dhami on his win and thanked the people of Champawat for placing their faith in the BJP. In other news, Kerala Congress candidate Uma Thomas today won the Trikkakare Assembly by-election, defeating Communist Party of India Marxist candidate Joe Joseph by a margin of 25,000 votes. Thomas secured 72,770 votes, while Joseph got 47,754 votes. The poll outcome has been shocking for the CPIM, with the party's Arnakulam district secretary, C.N. Mohanan, saying that they did not expect this result and that they will examine it in detail. The Supreme Court today dismissed two petitions which challenged the ongoing construction work at the premises of the Sri Jagannath Temple in Odessa's Puri. The court also levied a cost of 1 lakh rupees on the petitioners to be given to the Odisha state government. The petitioners had objected to the construction undertaken by the Odisha government as part of Sri Mandir Parikrama project, which will be a heritage corridor. According to the Hindustan Times, the project costs over 800 crore rupees. While hearing the matter, a bench of justices B.R. Gawai and Hima Kohli called the petitions frivolous and contrary to public interest. The bench said that the activities undertaken by the state government were in line with ancient monuments and archaeological sites and remains act of 1958 and directions given to the state by the apex court regarding the administration of the temple. Advocates Mahalakshmi Pawani and Vinay Naware, who were representing the petitioners, had argued that no permission from the Archaeological Survey of India was taken to do construction at the site. In response to this, the apex court said that the ASI had filed an affidavit where no objections were made to the construction when the matter was heard by the Odisha High Court. The Enforcement Directorate issued fresh summons to Congress leader Rahul Gandhi today and asked him to appear for questioning on 13th of June. The summons pertained to an alleged case of money laundering involving the National Herald newspaper. The fresh summons were issued after Gandhi sought a new date saying he was overseas. The ED had earlier issued summons to Sonia and Rahul Gandhi in connection with the case. Rahul had been reportedly asked to appear on 2nd of June and Sonia on 8th of June. According to Party General Secretary Randeep Surjewala, Sonia Gandhi tested positive for COVID-19 but will appear before the ED on the scheduled date. The case is based on a 2012 complaint filed by former BJP MP Subramanian Swami which accused the Gandhis of misappropriating funds as proprietors of Young India Private Limited which had taken over the newspaper's publisher Associated Journals Limited according to the Hindustan Times it was alleged that the Congress had loaned an amount of 90.25 crore rupees to AJL which it could not pay Young India Private Limited then took over AJL According to court papers the party had given the money to AJL on a no interest basis Congress has said there was no money transaction and just a debt to equity conversion to pay off dues such as salary The Delhi High Court today ordered strict action against passengers found violating covid norms at airports and aircrafts The court has said that those who violate norms such as wearing masks and maintaining safe hygiene should be fined and placed on no-fly lists. 
Notably, the move comes as India has reported 4,041 new infections in the last 24 hours, according to the Union Health Ministry. This is the highest number of cases recorded in three months. Times of India reported, according to the Hindustan Times, a bench of acting Chief Justice Vipin Sanghi and Justice Sachin Datta also asked the Directorate General of Civil Aviation to give binding directions to all airlines. The airlines can further authorize staff at airports and on aircraft to take strict action against passengers and others who violate masking and hygiene norms. During the hearing, DGCA's advocate Anjana Gosain had said that the Ministry of Civil Aviation had issued an order last month which called for strict enforcement of COVID norms. In response, the court noted that the order was the right step as the pandemic was not yet abated. and added that the practical compliance with norms were an issue clashes between members of a community and police personnel broke out today in uttar pradesh's kanpur the members of the community were protesting bjp spokesperson nupur sharma's alleged comments on prophet mohammed on a television debate india today reported several religious organizations of the community had called for closure of shops police had resorted to lathi charge following which there was stone pelting Two people have reportedly been injured in the stone pelting which allegedly took place after the Friday prayers. According to India Today, police in riot gear have been deployed in the area. Incidentally, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, President Ramnath Kovind and Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath were on a visit in Kanpur today. They were to visit the Pathri Mata temple at Parong village which is the ancestral village of the president. The war in Ukraine entered its 100th day today. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky shared a video message today marking the day and said that Ukraine will have victory. Currently, Russia has been heavily attacking the eastern region of the country after gaining control of the port city of Mariupol last month. The city of Severodonetsk has been the main target in the last week with Russia already controlling 20% of the region. Luhansk governor Serhiy Haidai shared on Telegram that the fight in Severodonetsk continues to rage on. He also shared photos of damaged buildings. Meanwhile, the International Committee of the Red Cross has said today that destruction in Ukraine defies comprehension. In a statement released today, ICRC's Director General Robert Mardini said that it would be hard to exaggerate the toll that the international armed conflict in Ukraine has had on civilians over the last 100 days. He also called for access to prisoners of war. In other news, prosecutors investigating war crimes in Ukraine have said that they will be probing accusations of forceful deportation of Ukrainian children to Russia in order to create a genocide indictment, Reuters reported. According to international humanitarian law, the forcible transfer of children in a war is classified as genocide. In an interview with Reuters, Prosecutor General Irina Venediktova, who is in charge of several war crimes investigations in Ukraine, claimed they have more than 20 examples of forcible transfer of people to Russia from various districts across the Eastern European country. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.